0: This is the Pretty Deadly Self-Defense Podcast. I'm Susie Coller, the founder of Pretty Deadly Self-Defense.
1: And I'm Kate Lismer, a writer, traveler, mother, and expat. As a woman who lives in a big city and likes to travel, I'm very curious about self-defense. I've never had any training, so I have a lot of questions. And I have a lot of answers. We figured you probably have similar questions, too. And so we thought it'd be a great idea to share this conversation and put it in a podcast. So welcome to the Pretty
0: Deadly Self-Defense Podcast.
1: So this episode is like my little brainchild based on things I know about you and um, you, when we first met and I had you on my podcast, we talked about your life in like New York. Was it the, it was like late eighties, early Mm nineties. Yeah. In New York and your love of uh, punk rock music and was it, where'd you work? CBGBs? CBGBs. Yep. And and then as we got to know each other, we and I learned more about your work in self-defense, you also told me that you felt like this choice to do this kind of um, uh, self-defense work was also, or your particular martial art, I'm sorry, was something that was already a part of you. And lately I was thinking about how punk rock sort of embodied also, you know, I don't know, maybe this, um, not like anarchy, but also people who have been marginalized and sort of, um, you know, minorities, like people that have been ostracized in ways that they deserve protection. And I guess I was just wondering if you see any connection between, you know, your, your love and passion for punk rock and that sort of phase of your life, but also how you were drawn to martial arts. Um,
0: There's a, uh, I don't know if they're classified as a punk band here in Berlin called Dead Centuries, who I happen to know. And I ran into one of the Dead Centuries um, on the street a couple months ago before quarantine and everything else. And uh, we just sort of fell into a conversation about life as an expat. He's originally from Australia. And... He gave me, I think, one of the best compliments I've ever had in my life, which was, you know, you, it, we were talking about how hard it can be as, you know, living outside your home country and what really made you leave and, and, and what are the obstacles and the challenges that we experience? Um, why didn't you feel you fit in to mm. the society and the culture that you came from? There was no place for you that drove you away and he said you know and you Susie I mean you're here doing your own thing building your own business doing this you know self-defense program that you created yourself you know it totally punk rock (laughs) and he's like much more punk rock than I am or I ever probably was you know and I was like wow that is wow I feel cool man (laughs) It was a great compliment because I still remember it. Um, yeah, punk rock and ninjutsu and martial arts and all these things. Um, you're right in the sense of, you know, punk is was about marginalized people, is about marginalized people. But I think more than that, it's about... It's about... Um, it's about questioning the status quo it's about questioning the accepted order of things um it's absolutely about challenging authority and I don't feel i mean there's an aspect of punk that's certainly about challenging you know authority with a capital a presidents queens you know judges, the police all of these things, but there's also questioning authority of. You know, the sort of authoritative wisdom of this is what society should be. Mm-hmm. And this is what everyone should be in society. And I think one of the most beautiful things about punk is it says, you know, fuck you. No, not necessarily that. I mean, punk allows for people to be whatever they want to be or be nothing. You know, which of course kind of then slides into grunge, doesn't it? But nonetheless, <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's going, it's very much going against the status quo and going against um, uh, the mainstream. You know, I think everybody knows that about punk, but it's not necessarily to rebel just to rebel. You know, it's not going against those things just to go against those things. It's to say that, you know, what. let's question these things. Why is it accepted this way? Why can't it be something else? I, I think uh, there's so much in, in, like, early punk history that really addresses this stuff. And I'm not talking about the Sex Pistols because that was, you know, their own thing with Malcolm McLaren. But, you know, the Ramones absolutely. And, you know, the bands that played when CB started showcasing punk bands, um, the clash of course is like probably one of the, one of the most articulate about all of these ideas of what punk really is. You know, Joe Strummer had such a deep, deep understanding of, you know, the social and political aspects of, 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 Kind of the establishment versus the punk community, and and why that existed, and you know, it was, it's, it's. Anyway, I love the Clash. Google it, yeah, yeah. if you don't know, if you're listening and you don't know who I'm talking about. (laughs) So, so how what is that? How does that relate to martial arts and ninjutsu? And so, ninjutsu is known as the art of the ninja. There's more to it than just ninja. Um, but, of course, the ninja were were farmers and they had to defend what they had against, you know, a higher, a, a, yeah, a more privileged class, which were samurai, um, especially when there were no wars going on and they were just samurai roaming around, taking all the rice and the daughters and the this and the that. And so they also were kind of rebelling against um, a, a status quo. That was designed to harm them. So they also in a way were marginalized people. And using whatever they had to learn to protect themselves, to create a a, a very what I find to be a very beautiful martial art. You know, all the assassin stuff and running through shadows and all of that crap came later. That you know, so it was kind of like, you know, the way that punk then became commercialized and accepted as a way and then incorporated into things. You know, like the first time I'm trying to remember what this, you know, like the first time you see a punk song is like the theme song on some commercial. Right, right. You know, and you're like, oh, they sold out, man. <laughs> but that's kind of like, you know, the ninja, you know, after the rebellious farmers, you know, once they're like, Yeah, sure you know, we'll infiltrate and assassinate for you for a fee. Right. But it's the same, you know? So it's, yeah. I mean, translating, translating that into today, which is more relevant than medieval Japan <laughs> is, <laughs> and punk rock is, is also questioning the status quo. And especially with pretty deadly. I mean, in jutsu, when I was training it, um, you're right. It, it, I I had these things inside of me already. And because ninjutsu incorporates a lot of strategy and strategic thinking and situational awareness, it also forces you to, you know, you're looking for where are the openings, where are the weaknesses, where are the holes? You know, not only in your opponent, you know, as either as an individual or as a group, you know, maybe in the structure of a house, if you're going to, you know, like get all medieval Japanese about it, but also in, in a government structure, in a societal structure, you know, wh- where are the holes? And is this really, is this really real in a way?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, can I turn it around? Can I use it to my advantage? Can I, um, can I infiltrate? Well, just to give, can a, I take it down?
1: An example, cause I'm thinking of now your work with refugees where you've had to really integrate like what their, particular cultural experiences and even, in, even, you know, having to do your, having, uh, having your own learnings about what their experiences are within mm-hmm. their culture to give them these openings. Right. Right. Exactly. So it's, it's
0: you know, I mean, punk rock is, is, is loud and in your face and undeniable and doesn't want to go away. Self-defense in martial arts and ninjutsu specifically is um, actually meant to be a bit quieter. And, and the way that I teach self-defense to women and to refugees is, you know, how can you have the freedoms that you need to have or the safety, more specifically, and security you need to have um, and still exist within your culture, you know? And how wh- the the effect of that is when you empower people is when they start to see the weaknesses in structures. Mm. So a lot of the regular classes are pretty deadly. There, There is always discussion time incorporated. And usually these are questions of patriarchal structures, the societal structures we accept, the social contracts we accept, where are the holes, where have we been um, exploited, how can we challenge the status quo? Mm -hmm. Does it need to be challenged? How do we do this in a way that doesn't, doesn't incur punishment to us? So, you know, it's a, it's (laughs) the nature of punk rock to challenge, but also to look at things from a different angle. Um, I think is, is the thing that's most related to my interpretation of self-defense and, and martial arts as well.
1: Pretty Deadly Self-Defense is a self-defense program created by a 20-year martial arts veteran and violent crime survivor, Susie Collin, based in Berlin, Germany. You can learn more about Susie and the Pretty Deadly Self-Defense program at prettydeadlyselfdefense.com.